Welcome to Today's Issues, offering a Christian response to the issues of the day. Here's your host, Tim Wildman, President of the American Family Association. Well, good morning, everybody, and welcome to Today's Issues on the American Family Radio Network. Thanks for listening to AFR. It's Monday, January the 23rd, and joining me in studio is Ed Vitagliano. Good morning, Ed. Good morning, Tim. Wow, and we're almost through January. Can you believe that? It's insane. They're almost, yeah, and we, we're, we've we soared to 2023. Remember when it was Y2K? Yes. <laughs> I don't know where the 22 years went, but here we are at 2023. I guess we can unpack that food. <laughs> that we've oh hey listen i've been eating on that that's that's some good eating right there that, that rice all, and beans remember, all right good morning fred jackson good morning tim good to be here what'd you ever do with your y2k stash fred <laughs> i think we're still eating on the rice <laughs> <laughs> that rice keeps forever you know we never did drink our water you think that's still good why not <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Water like keeps forever, doesn't it? Supposedly, uh, I don't think. It Although does. I wouldn't drink no, it because of the years. plastic containers. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. All right. A little bit of plastic never hurt anyone. <laughs> that's, that's right. What could go wrong? <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for joining us. And Ed, tell folks how they can join us on what you call that there internet. Absolutely. If you want to watch us do this program, in other words, a video stream, you can go to Facebook and search. For today's issues, or you can go to our own streaming platform from which we will never be kicked off, and that is streaming.afa.net, streaming.afa.net. By the way, AFA Streaming is also a great place to watch a lot of the videos and video content that we have produced, as well as watching programs like this one, the video stream for our radio programming. You do have to set up a an account, but it's uh, very simple to do that. I think your name, email address, and uh, you can watch it, a, a lot of that content. So check it out. Well, Fred, in the news uh, over the weekend, the big news story is uh, the shooting in California. Shootings? Yeah, Monterey Park uh, is just east of Los Angeles. It has a very large Asian population. They had a huge gathering there. Uh, on the weekend, it's celebrating, it's, it's called the Lunar New Year celebration. Uh, and in these communities, that draws big crowds. And what we, what we learned over the weekend, uh, that at one of these large gatherings, I believe it was Saturday night, there was a gunman who entered, opened fire. When it was over, 10 people were killed. Uh, at least another 10 were sent to hospital. And then the suspect then went to a another gathering nearby when he pulled a gun out. Uh, some Somebody who worked at that particular venue saw it and was able to take the gun away or at least stop another incident. Within 24 hours, good police work, um, police narrowed the suspect down to a driver of a white van. They surrounded it. They waited about an hour. But when the cops, and there's video of this, when the cops went up to the van, they found a man dead of a self-inflicted wound. He is believed to be the suspect. He is just uh, 72 years old, I believe it was. Now, the story on one news agency that I saw on the weekend uh, 
was this gentleman was upset. He had marital problems, and apparently his wife had gone to the initial gathering, which involved thousands of people. His wife went to that. He was upset about that. And again, I mean, this is just some details that are being placed together. He was upset that his wife went to this gathering, and he went there and he opened fire. Uh, But at this time, the investigation continues. Obviously, prayers for the people who are still suffering gun wounds. Uh, But it was horrible. It was the uh, largest mass killing uh, since the uh, the school incident uh, several months ago. Well, this is uh, now my understanding. I think we talked about this in our story meeting. There were some on the left who immediately thought this was a white supremacist. Is that right? Well, yeah. This, some, this was a, this was a, is it a Chinese American? Uh, what was it? What was Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. The uh, fellow who shot all the people, seventy-two years old, which I was stunned. You never read of a seventy-two-year-old committing mass uh, murder with him, oh, right? But uh, yeah, uh, he, he. This was a domestic dispute, basically. Yes. But yes, uh, there were some lefties who immediately, because uh, I, I read their comment comments. Uh, Maybe not all of them are nationally known, but uh, they were saying that this was a – their default position is, before they even know the facts, it's a white supremacist right? that's done the shooting. That's what they That's what they hope for. They hope it's a MAGA person with a hat yeah. on like Jesse Smollett. So the lefties always want to wait because that's what the threat is, right? According to right. Biden, the, according to Biden, the biggest – Threat to threat? America is is white supremacy, right? So they they need something like that to, they need it to be a white guy, right? So they can, but if it's not a it's white the guy, narrative. it fits their narrative. If it's not a white guy wearing a red hat, then they're not interested in covering it very very long. Mm-hmm. So except for the gun, uh, get rid of the guns, mm-hmm. you know, the gun violence position, which is. They always say another act committed by gun violence. Well, right. no, it was an act committed by a guy who was, uh, who went crazy. Right. And, and this, this weapon that he used, Fred was not a, uh, evidently not a, uh, semi-automatic. Was it a semi-automatic or it's a handgun? It, it's one of those that's described that has extra large magazine or something of that nature. Yeah. I, I don't understand why this fella didn't obey the gun laws of California <laughs> because they're very, they're very clear. They're very clear. Mm. They're most. They're the most restrictive laws in America, California, and and yet this uh, man did not did not obey them. Right. And I don't understand it. Uh, of course, tongue firmly planted in cheek. This this is the def- again. I mentioned the default position. The left, they, they go with gun violence. Now they'll go with gun violence unless it's a white guy, in which case it's his fault because mm-hmm. he's white. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Right. Yep. <laughs> Otherwise, it's gun. It's the guns acting it's on general, their own. Generalized. Huh? You know how they violence. do this, huh? Right. Mm-hmm. So, anyway, uh, this is a tragic situation, and uh, so sad that all these people died. But uh, you know, in in a country of 330 million people, you're going to have people go crazy sometimes and act irrationally, and and there's evil in the world. 
Right. Yes. The Bible says there's evil in the heart of men, mm-hmm. and that's going to be acted out on sometimes, yeah. unfortunately. So, yeah. and evil crosses all racial lines. Right. Absolutely. You know, uh, we we cover these stories every day at American Family News, and uh, it's not a skin color issue, folks. It's a condition of the heart. Right. And we got to get to that point. But as you as you guys are pointing out, there are people on the left that are constantly trying to make this a race issue. Right. Yeah. If you listen to our, our noon host, noon central time, Bishop Jackson, he's constantly on this and pointing out the hypocrisy of the left. They always try to make yep. it a race issue if they think the perpetrator is a white person. Yeah, they're trying to divide the country on purpose. It is. Well, plus, let's let's be honest. If you're going to reject the Bible's explanation for evil, if you're going to reject what the Bible clearly says, which is we are all susceptible to doing wicked things, all right? We're all responsible. We all are responsible to God, okay? If you're going to reject that, you have to come up with some explanation. Mm -hmm. And on the left, their explanation is white people are evil. They perpetrate the evil. Or, and or, there are economic issues at work that drive people to commit crimes that they otherwise wouldn't commit if they weren't poor. So we need to tax the rich or whatever. So that's your explanation. If you're going to reject the Bible, you've got to come up with something. And on the left, it is a primarily Marxist view of human nature. You have oppressors and oppressed, and the problems are economic. And we, we've seen this, whether it was a terrorist act, the London, uh, the train, uh, the, 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 the murders on the London subways, I, I don't know how long ago that was now, seven, eight years ago. Remember that they had, uh, I think it was a member of the Obama administration said, these young men just need jobs. Yeah, and we found, we, we found out one of the young men drive, uh, drove in a Lamborghini. Right. So you got to come, if you're going to reject God and his, and the explanation about human nature that is in the scriptures, to which our founding fathers also held. They understood human nature. That's why they divided power in our Constitution, because they understood the susceptibility to corruption, which we are now seeing in Washington, D.C., right? If you're going to reject all that, you have to have an explanation, and this is the explanation we get from the left. Also, I don't believe that the left is going to win on gun control. I, I, I just... This is my own personal observation. Uh, I, I know that there's, they're trying as hard as they can to outlaw guns, uh, and then, but I just don't think they're going to win on this one. A, there's more guns than people in America today. Secondly, there's a lot of red states out there that still believe in uh, the Second Amendment. Uh, thirdly, there are uh, the pe- people are leaving in droves cities and places that don't allow for you to defend yourself is if they can the people if people can they're getting out because these big cities there were 35 35 shootings in chicago over the weekend that was just another another weekend in chicago yeah well ironically it is precisely what you're talking about what is happening in big city america i think that is going to prevent the left from getting getting their way on guns because I think you're going to find more and more people in the big cities are going to be going, you know what? I want to be able to protect myself and my family, too. Mm-hmm. 
If the if the police aren't going to do it, if you're going to start letting these, right. you're going to keep letting these people out after a slap on the wrist and tell them to, you're not going to hold them uh, over for for bail. All those kinds of insane right. policies that are coming because of Soros money pouring into our local elections. You're going to find people in the major cities saying, "No, I need a gun." Right, and there were what two or three incidents since the first of the year where a good guy carrying a gun stopped a violent person. Right. Uh, there have been two or three of these incidents now where, thank God, there was a good guy with a gun. There's, right. there's more than that, Fred. There's more than that. Maybe that's all that made the news of it yes. that you saw. But I, there's, I saw a story the other day. I forgot what town it is. It was a guy who was about to be carjacked. He was being carjacked. In the middle of being carjacked, he pulled out his gun and he shot the guy. And yeah. That was in a big city too, wasn't yeah. it? That example. He, yeah. And he had a license. He had a uh, oh, yeah. enhanced carry. So you're going to see more and more of that because you're right, Ed. Uh, Even people who are in Democrat cities or liberal cities, they're going to they're going to want to arm themselves because they see that police can't be everywhere and they can't stop everything. Right. And uh, if you're going to be attacked and assaulted, you, your family, your home, you have you better be ready to defend yourself. Right. If you're not, you're going to be killed. Uh, uh, You're going to be, you know, injured. Bad things are going to happen. I, I listen. I've been. We all have been seeing these stories. I saw one. I, 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 these happen so often. I'm, I apologize, folks. I, off the top of my head, I cannot remember what city this was. Did you guys see this? A guy pulling up to a drive-through, and when the when the girl reached out to give him his change, he tried to grab that girl, that. try to tie her wrist, and try to pull her into the his vehicle through the window. Through the window. Through the window. I, I mean, I saw I, that. Yeah, I said, "What these people are? They ha- have flipped their lids. They've gone crazy, and they did. They caught caught this guy. He had a big tattoo on his left arm that gave him away. Uh, you know, it, it, they had a video footage of him as well. But you're right. They, he tried to pull that girl. Was that a McDonald's or Burger King Some, or something? something like that? Tried to pull her through the window. It's crazy. Yep. You uh, know, we talked during our story meeting about this uh, Fox weather guy, Adam Klotz. He yep. was on a subway. He had been at a he had been in, at a in bar, New York in New York. He had been at a bar watching a football game. So he gets on the subway to go home. It was late Saturday night, and he's sitting there minding his own business on the subway. There's a gang of kids start harassing a, a, an old man, and we're going to light his hair on fire. Trying to light his hair on fire, and Adam Klotz, the the Fox weather guy, just says, "Hey guys, back off." trying to light this man's hair on fire. Well, they turn on him. They turn on him, Adam Klotz, and start to beat him to a pulp. He was on Fox this morning. You can see the wounds on his face, but also he was kicked in the side. He's got a knee injury. All he tried to do, he wasn't armed, but they actually chased him off the subway and started getting him down. All right, I want you to hear from him. It's going to be cut number nine, but we'll talk a bit about what happened to the kids who were arrested shortly afterwards. Cut nine. There's an older gentleman just across from me, and there's a group of teens, and one of them's lighting a joint. And just with that lighter, they put it in the guy's hair, and his hair went up like a matchbook. And I was like, whoa, you can't do that. That's not cool. And that's all it took. And then I was the focus of all their attention. Oh, you got a problem with me? You want to you stop me? You want to say something? Why don't you stop me if you want to say something? 
I, t- I took a left just sitting there when they were like, you know, you want to do something, and I wasn't going to do anything. And I took a left. I actually go to a whole other car. I get off that train after taking a punch. They, the whole group, the doors open again at another stop. The whole group just comes and bum rushes me. And suddenly I'm, like, on the ground. I'm getting kicked in the side. I'm getting wailed on. They're like, put him to sleep. Put him to sleep. They were trying to knock me out. Yeah, and then what happened? Those kids were arrested. And guess what? In New York City, they were out within an hour. And if they are charged, it's going to be a misdemeanor. So that's assault uh, with intent to injure. <laughs> yeah. Maybe, I, I, I don't know if it's a murder charge, but it's assault, some sort of violent assault with intent to injure, and they're going to get a misdemeanor. Yep. So uh, how do you like that, New Yorkers? You want to keep voting for that? They do. Yep. They do. They do. New Yorkers, they they, they don't have a problem with this. Uh, um. They, they don't want to be victimized, but they keep putting the people in who are allowing this to happen. Yeah, that's how I should have said it. Not that no, no. I'm nobody just, wants to be beat up or killed or assaulted or robbed or carjacked. I'm not suggesting that, but they, you're right. The, the, the New Yorkers, by a majority of New Yorkers, uh, are, are, are happy with the status quo. Yeah. Uh, by virtue of – they had a chance to vote. A change. A, 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 a man who was uh, going to be strong on crime mm. as governor, mm-hmm. and they and they didn't elect him. Nope. They elected the liberal yep. governor who wants to keep on letting uh, criminals get away with yeah, their. Yeah, Kathy Hochul, the, the governor, is all in on these kinds right. of liberal leftist policies. Yeah, and they voted for her. So, right. You know, the California, same thing. You know, Los Angeles is a is an absolute mess if you look at it. Crime's out of control. You seen the homelessness out there on the streets? Oh yeah, I've seen the images. The images of it's the it's all uh, over the drug, downtown the drug addicts. Yeah, with same the, way I, in Seattle and Portland and yeah. all, all 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 these big left wing cities, just going down the tubes. Yep. Uh, and it just makes me wonder when are they going to lose? They're going to lose their tax base. Nike uh, is known. They started in the Seattle area. They closed their their uh, iconic store in downtown uh, Seattle mm-hmm. because they did just uh, no one to go in there to go shopping because homeless and drug drug addiction yeah. right on the sidewalk. Yeah, I saw this. I, I forget what what drug it is, but they they, they it's kind of calling it the zombie apocalypse. You've seen these these people? Maybe it's heroin. I I, I don't know. What, Not what, fentanyl. Maybe it's fentanyl. I I, I just saw the images of these. These these poor people are they just stumbling around in slow motion like they are zombies. You guys seen the images of these these people? Mm-hmm. And they're they're in clusters and in groups. But it's all in these big cities with <clears throat> these leftist policies. It's sad. All right, you're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Uh, what happened in Atlanta, though, Fred? Well, you had a protest there on the weekend. Um, I would call it, you know what, I I looked up the definition of insurrection this morning, and it's a threat to any authority or government. I believe you could call it an insurrection, what happened on the weekend. First, you had uh, a demonstration uh, by an individual who attacked police. That individual was shot and killed. And then you had this this protest in connection with that earlier incident, they destroyed a police car. They attacked police. They attacked a, a, 
a police building on the weekend. So once again, Atlanta police under attack. That's what's going on. Was this Antifa or Antifa or was this a environmental activist or who, who, who are these people? Well, there was some Black Lives Matter self-identified that were there. All I saw was white people that were arrested. Yes. But maybe that a lot of white lefties support BLM. They, they yeah. do. They do. Yeah. But, but again, it was one of those incidents that uh, we've been seeing much too much. They're of. kind of anarchist is what they are, really. Well, it, that's what ways. it is. Yeah. Uh, I like, that's why I looked up in the Oxford Dictionary the definition of insurrection. That's what this is. You've heard insurrection connected with January 6th, but they close that off. But any threat against what happened in Minneapolis in the wake of George Floyd, that was insurrection. Seattle, you had uh, anti-police protests. A government, federal government building was destroyed. But the left doesn't call that insurrection. Well, you remember in Portland, they set up their own whatever, how many blocks Mm -hmm. it was. Remember, there was just basically a no-go zone. They took it. Yes. So... That's what we see happening over and over and over again. In connection with this, this is really interesting. A reporter uh, uh, told a CNN interview on the weekend that what happened in Atlanta was not violence. Have a listen. Cut number six. I think that there's a real blurring of the lines in, in, in the use of the word violence. You keep using these words, violent, 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 um, and it, it gives the impression, I mean, the only violence that, that – or, or the only acts of, of violence against people that I saw were, were actually police tackling protesters. What I don't understand is um, they moved heaven and earth to try to make a conspiracy type case on the January 6th people along the lines of what I did with terrorists back in the 1990s, you know, seditious conspiracy and all that stuff. Here you have a movement that's actually trying to and, and sees itself as at war with the United States, Mm -hmm. and we don't see anything along those lines from prosecutors. That was Andy McCarthy responding to all of this. It's interesting. We're sitting here in this studio, and we, as this reporter was talking and questioning whether it was violence, he was accusing the police of violence. We were watching what really happened. Yeah, I saw vehicles burning in Atlanta. Atlanta. Yeah. In Atlanta over the weekend. Um, By the way, George Soros, the, uh, the... uh, what would you call him? He's a billionaire. A, yeah, he's a billionaire. A billionaire. And he, 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 it was learned now that he gave $40 million. He has spent $40 million helping left-wing district attorneys get elected. Yeah. Yeah. And I, uh, I wonder what his motivation there is. Just the chaos that would incur and as a result. I don't know if he's a true believer in what what the left is saying about these uh, prosecutors who run for office. I don't know if he's a true believer in saying that uh, people in jail are discriminated against, especially if they are people of color, and we need to we need to stop putting them in prison because it doesn't help their situation. I don't know if he's a true believer or if he's got more sinister motivations. I, I think his left his his radical views uh, tend to let me lead me to believe that. He's got more sinister motivations. Yeah, you just wonder, why would a guy like him uh, care about district attorney's races all over America? Unless he's, unless he, well, obviously, he wanted to get them elected so that they didn't prosecute crime. Right. 
Mm-hmm. And if you don't prosecute crime, put criminals in jail, you end up with uh, high levels of crime and chaos. Yes. Uh, by the way, let me just toss in, I looked it up. This zombie drug I'm talking about is uh, xylazine. I think that's how you pronounce it. I think it's also uh, nicknamed on the street crocodile. It's uh, the kind of drug that heavily sedates these people so they walk around like zombies. All right, we'll be back momentarily with more of today's issues on American Family Radio. Stay with us. The AFA Resource Center has all your favorite items. Everything from books, movies, shirts, and even hats. Introducing AFA's polyester and twill hats, starting at just $18. Whether you're into fashion, a collector, or you're just having a bad hair day, these hats are just what you need. You can buy one for yourself or a friend. Purchase your AFA hat today at resources.afa.net. We live in a day when America's families are under attack like never before. Buddy Smith, Senior Vice President of the American Family Association. The war against biblical principles rages on numerous fronts. The Internet, Hollywood, Washington, D.C., America's corporate boardrooms, and the list goes on. At American Family Association, we're committed to standing against the enemies of God, the enemies of your family. And we recognize it's an impossible task without God's favor and your partnership. Thank you for being faithful to pray for this ministry, to give financially, and to respond to our calls for activism. What you do on the home front is crucial to what we do on the battlefront. We praise God for your faithfulness. And may He give us many victories in the battles ahead as we work together to restore our nation's biblical foundations. Hello, Americans. I'm Todd Starn. Stand by for news and commentary next. Uh, my goal as a teacher is, is to impart knowledge and then be able then for them to take it and turn it into wisdom. As we teach, I think, okay, five years down the road, how will the material that I am teaching them really affect their lives and their careers? Hi, Todd Starnes here. Truett offers biblically-centered degree programs. Check out truett.edu slash Starnes. When Johnny Bell was hired by the U.S. Postal Service, he was offered a salary of a buck 81 cents an hour. That was more than 70 years ago when a postage stamp cost about three cents. Mr. Bell is still on the job, delivering the mail in Oklahoma City. And at the age of 93, he now holds the distinction of being America's longest serving and oldest mailman. The great-grandfather says he likes working eight hours a day, keeps his mind operating. Mr. Bell told Channel 9 News that all these years later, he still has the same job and the same wife. His co-workers threw a party to honor his big anniversary. After a slice of cake, he went right back to work. Neither rain, nor snow, nor heat, nor gloom of night will keep Mr. Bell from his appointed rounds, and neither will old age. Be sure to get a copy of my book, Culture Jihad. It's available at your favorite bookstore and toddsterns.com. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. Colossians 1.13. American Family Radio. This is Today's Issues. 
Email your comments to comments at AFR.net. Past broadcasts of today's issues are available for listening and viewing in the archive at AFR.net. Now, back to more of today's issues. Hey, welcome back, everybody, to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. Later on, we will talk about uh, the latest regarding President Biden and his taking of classified documents over the over the years. <laughs> he has a long history of this, evidently back to his days in the Senate, and uh, these are just now being found at various... And it's going to be a soap opera. Places. Documents, documents. We found more documents. Yeah, it really is. It, it, it's insane. Yes. Where I, I, I you know, I, I joked last week about, you know, the president pouring himself, a, you know, some cereal, you know, a <laughs> box of Lucky Charms and having documents slide out because he <laughs> forgot he put them in there. But it's getting it's not quite that crazy, but it's getting pretty nuts. Yeah. And what, what keeps getting what I keep finding humorous is every time there's a this is the fourth or fifth time. I think there was more this weekend, and now now well, the Friday they FBI spent thirteen hours yeah. in the Wilmington house, right? You know where they, who know maybe it's behind the wallpaper now. I, I mean, they went through there and they found at least six more. And when we say documents, we're talking about folders. Yeah, with the Biden be, had it inexplicably in his home for some reason. Some of them from when he was a senator. Yes. Uh, but what what I keep finding uh, interesting and hilarious, quite frankly, is I don't know how many times you're going to trot out the word inadvertent. <laughs> uh, right. Maybe once or maybe twice, but come on, man. By, to borrow from Biden. Come on, man. Come on, man. Five or six times now, they've, they, 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 and you're going to say all these documents were, quote, inadvertently taken. Yeah. And I want to say, to those who give Biden a pass by using that, I want to say, how do you know? Yeah. Right. How do you know they weren't taken on purpose? You don't know that. Right. Yeah. Now, hey, Tim, yeah. there's no there there. <laughs> yeah, that guy's he's, 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 he's not in the real world. <laughs> you know what it reminds me of when they're using inadvertent? And I, and, and I, I know we got a guest sitting right here, but because we were going to talk about this later. But I, I got to toss this in because I was just reading in Exodus when Moses is up on the mountain. Okay. And Aaron is down with the people, and they want them. They want a false god, and so Aaron gives instructions. Everyone turn in your gold jewelry, whatever, and he crafts a golden calf. You remember this? And when Moses comes down, and he is really angry, Aaron said, "Well, the people made me, and I threw the gold into the fire, and out came this golden calf." You remember that? That was his oh, pop the yeah. golden shazam. Out, that was the first use of the word shazam. <laughs> <laughs> out came this calf. Well, this is what it sounds like to me that the president is saying is inadvertent. I, I don't know what happened. I just turned around and out came out of my briefcase. Out came these documents. Yeah, <laughs> it's not my fault. I, I don't know. I, it's going to be interesting to find out how this went down, how this uh, transpired, took place, who initiated all this. Uh, but it it sure looks like to me it's an inside job that the Democrats want to get rid of Biden before 2024 so they can get somebody else and yeah. he's not cooperating. <laughs> I know this is a quote conspiracy theory, but, uh, it just seems like to me, uh, it, the, the Democrats and his lawyers and then FBI and the, 
they could have done a better job of protecting him. Yeah. Uh, if, if unless they wanted these documents to be released, because now the Democrats, a lot of Democrats are bailing on him. Right. Of course, after four or five times, you got no choice. Right. You have to say this. Or else you look ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, also they keep saying, well, this is different. Trump didn't cooperate. And I'm going, it really doesn't matter. What What is your definition of cooperate? Fifth time? Yeah. In the last, what? And, and, and they weren't very cooperative, were they, when uh, they found out about these first batch of classified documents that Biden had at his, quote, think tank. Back in back in November, wasn't it? And then they decided, well, we're not going to let anybody know about this right. until January. Right. Yes. Were they transparent? Right. And uh, were they cooperative? No. Anyway, the whole thing is is qu- really quite bizarre. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, if this were Trump, he would be impeached three times over. Right. Yes. Uh, well, just like if it were if it were uh, Don Don Junior, if he had made all this these this. Uh, this money off his dad's name while he was in the white house. Right. Of course, Biden was vice president at the time. Anyway, we can get back to this later. It's, it's really one of the most bizarre political stories I can ever remember. Uh, and the, and the hits just keep on coming <laughs> and, and who knows what'll happen today. We know that Corrine Jean-Pierre <laughs> will be out there going, uh, the president takes, uh, Seriously. Uh, classified documents very seriously, to which I heard somebody say uh, over the weekend, yeah, he sure does. He sure does take them seriously. He takes them all the time. <laughs> anyway, so she'll come out today and do her little song and dance. I refer you to. Yeah, she'll be referring you to, and she's not going to answer any questions about what was found on what third, Friday, Saturday, because she keeps saying that's the end of it. And then the next day, there's something else, and she has to come back out there. At least she's not saying I am I am uh, covered by the Hatch Act. <laughs> Remember when she was? Yes, that? she was on that Hatch Act kick for about for a, a while. Why she? She yeah. was covered by it. Yeah. Huh? Because nobody knew what it was. <laughs> uh, but she was covered by it. She's covered by. I'm covered yeah. by the Hatch Act. She's covered by the Hatch Act. All right. Um, you're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. I'm Tim with Ed and Fred, and we thank you for listening to. American Family Radio. Well, January is Sanctity of Human Life Month, and uh, one of the programs that we have here on on the weekend uh, on American Family Radio is hosted by Kendra White and Ann Cockrell. And Kendra's in studio with us. Good morning. Good morning. Thank you for having me on. What's the name of the show? The name of the show is called Hannah's Heart, and we exist to help couples struggling with infertility. Um, or miscarriages, uh, process that grief and hurt in a biblical way and help as you um, seek to. How long have y'all been doing this? We've been doing it over a year now. And um, why do you do it? Well, that's a great question. Uh, both of us have gone through infertility. One in eight couples struggle with this. Um, really? One in eight? One in eight couples struggle with infertility. And um, as a believer, it can be extra hard when you know that part of God's, you know, intention for, for the marriage union is to, to bear godly offspring. And you hear about that in sermons and that your heart is, you know, centered to want to do and that. And that God can do anything. Yes, exactly. He heals people. He can just make he it happen. He opens wombs. That's sweet. Remember that with the story of uh, Hannah yeah. and Samuel. That's the name of the show came right? from that. We actually did a whole study on all of the barren women of the Bible um, throughout our show. But we wanted to specifically talk about the Sanctity of Human Life Month as it relates to an issue that we've been talking about on Hannah's Heart. So I don't know if you guys have um, seen when the Roe 
Roe v. Wade reversal came out, a lot of the news stories that were kind of claiming that um, fertility treatments were going to become illegal by all. And in fact, I've, there's a USA um, Today article that came out a couple weeks ago, and um, basically they're saying common process by which people get pregnant is in legal jeopardy. Some Democrats want to legally protect IVF. Um, now, explain. <laughs> people are going to say IVF. What is IVF? What is that? Because even even when you get a little bit of an explanation, it's it sounds like a, little, a treaty. <laughs> it does. It's a little complicated. Yeah, we need so. to ratify that. Right. Yeah. The and IVF that, treaty. That's not, yes. You may have heard of the term frozen embryos, and that is how it relates to the, the pro-life issue. I actually have a clip. We just had... Um, a fertility specialist, a Christian who's at a what's called a non-discard facility. We can talk about what that is later. Um, but we asked him a little bit about what do pro-lifers need to understand about IVF, and he talks about the history of it. So if we can just play that clip. So IVF came on the scene in 1978 with the birth of Louise Brown. And so in that situation, Dr. Steptoe and Edwards in England went ahead and removed the one egg that her mother was about to ovulate. They did a laparoscopic surgery through the belly button. They got the one egg. They put the egg in a dish in an incubator. They put some sperm in with the egg. The egg fertilized the next day. The day after that, they put the embryo back in the uterus, and nine months later, Louise Brown was born. And that was the world's first test tube baby. Now, the problem is it was hard to do. You had to go through a surgery to get the egg, and Sometimes you didn't get the egg or didn't fertilize or didn't grow. So by the late 80s, some changes had happened that made it much more accessible, where you could do the egg removal using a vaginal ultrasound. So you could do that in the office under some sedation. You didn't have to go to the operating room. And then doctors were like, well, you could go after one egg, and we still do a natural cycle IVF here where we go after the one egg. But instead, doctors started to use mild fertility drugs like Clomid, figuring if you got two to four eggs, then that would be a little bit better. So they went ahead and and were able to get more eggs. And then they figured out that you could freeze the extra embryos. So if you fertilize that egg and you had four eggs that fertilized and you only wanted to put back two, um, then you could freeze the other embryo or two if it had developed over the next couple of days. You could freeze it in liquid nitrogen and then come back years later and and use that frozen embryo. And now the very first frozen embryo baby was, I believe, 1988, and that was in in, uh, Australia, actually. Hmm. So um, then doctors were like, well, okay, that's two to four eggs was good, but maybe like 10 or 20 eggs would be better because then we could have just a ton of eggs because how could you have too many eggs? And that's where we kind of went a little bit off the rails because we started getting problems where patients had these huge ovaries, and that's called ovarian hyperstimulation because the drugs that we used were these powerful injectable drugs, uh, hormones that they would take. And then um, we would have a bunch of extra embryos. So a couple would jump into IVF and they would you know, be excited. They got 22 eggs and they fertilized. And of the 22 eggs, 18 of them fertilized by putting sperm with them. And then as the embryos grew, there were, say, 14 good embryos. And they put back one or two and had a child. And they came back a year or two later and used one or two of their frozen embryos, had another child. And they had like a little oops along the way and said, wow, I don't know where that kid came from. And now they have three kids. And then their families complete their mind. And then they freak out because now they have these 12 remaining embryos that they didn't really think about what that would mean. Hmm. So there well, are currently. First, first of all, I'm just going to say I learned something. Did you? That because I didn't know what the, the phrase test tube baby meant. Mm-hmm. That, 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 so that description is what 
They it mean actually by a happens in a petri baby. dish. Dr. Gordon yeah. talks about this, and he said, "But petri babies sounded yes. awful, so they so went with the does, term test tube." Test tube babies <laughs> doesn't sound a whole lot better, but <laughs> it does sound better than petri dish babies. Right. So, so there's a problem right now. There are over <clears throat> six hundred thousand frozen embryos in storage, and these are fertilized. These are fertilized. So if you believe. As life begins at conception, then these are children. These are actual human lives created in the image of God that are in the freezer. So the the doctor that you just heard, Dr. Um, John um, David Gordon, is from the Southeastern um, Fertility um, Clinic in Knoxville. He works with the National Embryo Donation Center. So that's a, a ministry that has come and seen, wow, there are all of these leftover um, after IVF cycles that are either getting just poured down the the tubes they're being discarded um or they're being donated to science or um another option that has aroused uh, has um come up is that you can donate them um for couples to adopt and so they are trying to any ones that are going to be discarded they're trying to collect them and they're also trying to help couples understand to not create more of the problem that there is actually a way that you can do ivf that is consistent in my opinion now, each individual needs to take this before the Lord, but with a biblical worldview of the sanctity of human life, um, and that is not creating more life than you're willing to have in your family. Yeah. Um, so this is where the, the pro-life issue is coming into play. When Roe v. Wade happened, you might have seen some of the news stories, and the average Christian doesn't even see the connection between a fertility treatment right. and Roe v. Wade. So first of all, this was used as a red herring to just make, you know, Pro-lifers look back. I'm shocked. So, <laughs> I'm shocked. How dare that the they? pro-abortion right? lobby would do such a thing. They would literally show clips of this family, and this family couldn't have children. And, man, pro-lifers, and they're accusing us of having a double standard. So, right. oh, you're four babies, but you don't even want to let this family right. have a baby. Um, when the truth is that there is room for reform in the world of IVF. Um, so this, these no-discard um, facilities, there are... There are fertility treatments like Southeastern that exist that they say we are not going to discard any human lives that are created here. And we are only going to create human life in a manner that is appropriate. Um, and so that's that's what Christians need to be aware of. And there's a lot of bills in place right now um, to try to um, keep that from ha- the reform from happening. Right. So that's where um, Christians need to kind of it's. Um, it's a. I'm going to say this it is, is a, It's a difficult thing because, and I'm un, included in this. I, I have. I, I don't. I have not n- learned much mm-hmm. about IVF or these problems. Like I said, I didn't even know what a. I kind of had in my mind what I thought a test tube baby was. I don't know where I got it from, but I didn't realize that it was connected to IVF. So it's it's difficult to. Ex- you have to explain mm-hmm. to Christians. In What's the pro-life committee, happening. what is happening, mm-hmm. just like this doctor did. That was very helpful. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I think couples have to do is you have to approach fertility treatments with the perspective of my number one goal is not to have a baby, but to honor God. Right. And to be consistent with his word. Because you can allow the desperation <laughs> of wanting a child to kind of make you look over um, some yeah. of those things that are happening. It's human nature. It is. When yeah. you want that baby so badly. Hmm. So if we have a couple that's listening right now and they're facing the challenge, they want a child and they can't, do you go to the, I'm aging myself, do you go to the yellow pages? People don't do that anymore. (laughs) Yellow pages. (laughs) What's that? But where do you begin uh, with this if if you think your only hope 
is to go go this route. So not to toot Hannah Hart's, Hannah's yeah. heart's horn, but we'd love you for you to listen to our program because this is a soapbox issue that I've taken. My husband and I struggled with infertility. We actually ended up doing something called a, it's like a natural cycle IVF or mini stem where basically we only created the life that we were able to try. Um, and I want to help educate couples about what options are available. You have to be willing um, to go the an unheard of route that not everybody, not every clinic offers this. We had to travel all the way to Knoxville to go get this treatment, but we want to help couples. First of all, that might not be the plan that God has for you. And I I do realize that a lot of Christians feel differently on this topic as far as, um, I mean, some aren't fine with contraception at all. You know, there's a a wide range of what Christians believe, but I think the most important thing is that we, um, we acknowledge that if you say that life begins at conception, that you cannot then throw that life away. Um, or freeze it indefinitely. Those yeah. are um, things that Christians need to be aware of. So, um, yeah, we invite you to come listen to our show on Saturdays. Um, you have podcasts? Um, we have available. a podcast. We're on YouTube and Facebook. Um, but also there's some fantastic books and, and resources that we mention on our website. Um, we have, like, lists of couples that questions um, questions that couples should ask when they're starting fertility treatments, like, mm. you know, um, balancing the questions of the expense and you know, stewardship is, is it okay to spend $300,000 trying to have a child and we yeah. when's too much? And, and when do we look at other options? We yeah. also do talk about adoption a lot on our show. Not that that is a, um, bandaid for right. not ha- you know, ha- but it's an, it's a solution that God often does provide for couples and we help kind of talk through. What time's the show air? So we're on Fridays at five thirty on, um, on AFR. Central Fridays? Central yes, time. On Central. Okay. Yeah. Uh, hmm? Fascinating. Saturday. Saturday. What did I say? You said Fridays. Did I say Friday? I said Friday. My, yeah. my, it's, uh, it's the new mom. <laughs> this says Saturdays at 5 p.m. Central Time. You know what? Don't believe me. Don't believe okay, what I, I'm I say. Just, I, I, don't, I don't know. But uh, you, you can I'm go to AFR. my face turning red that I don't even know when our show airs? I promise. Because it's pre-recorded. Right? It's, it is. Yeah, we pre-record pre-recorded. ahead of time. So you may record it on Fridays, but it, it airs. Uh, uh, on All right, so let me just start over here. <laughs> yeah, the last last sixty seconds is yeah. <laughs> that was good radio. When, when, when is the, when is the show air, Ed? I'm gonna look Hannah's up Hannah's heart on American Family Radio, the network we're on Central. right now, of which we work for. All right, I'm on going Saturday. to the. If you it's go, by Saturday. the way, this will be helpful for you folks. Uh, you go to afr.net, and then at the top it has lineup. So you can just look, and it'll tell you're you. You're scrolling down now, right? And I'm scrolling down to Anna's Hardy. That's the name of <laughs> yes. That's a weekday Saturdays. There's a little tab there. Yeah, Saturdays. Yeah. Uh, the Jeopardy while, theme while is playing. While he scrolls, I just want to say if there's any oh, couples listening that struggle with this issue, we do have take prayer requests, and we'll. Um, talk back and forth with you. So you can do Hannah's Heart at AFR or at AFA.net. Um, send us an email and we would, or Facebook message us. Han- Hannah's Heart at, at AFA.net. AFA.net. Is, uh, that's the uh, is our email, email. And we love to pray with individuals. 5 p.m. on Saturday. Central Thank time. You, Central time. It's a half hour show. <laughs> All right. So thanks. we solved that problem. <laughs> Thank you, Kendra. Appreciate y'all. What's yeah. the email again? Hannah's Heart at AFA.net. If somebody experiencing this problem wants to talk to you, Come on. Come on. Okay. We'll pray with you. All right. Uh, you're listening to today's issue. Thank you very much. That was very helpful. Yes. You're listening to today's issues on the American Family Radio Network. I'm Tim with Ed and Fred. 
And, uh, hey, did you guys see where uh, Franklin Graham has been asked who is he going to endorse or is he going to endorse former President Trump going into the Republican primary season uh, leading up to the 2024 election? He said no. He said Hmm. he's not going to endorse anybody. Oh, I see. He's going to stay out of the uh, primary. Mm Mm-hmm. And and let it play out. Well, he said, "Let the dust settle." Is what he said, and then he'll decide what to do. That's the same uh, position that uh, Dr. Robert Jeffress has taken, and probably is going to be the position that that uh, all all Christian leaders who've been involved in maybe even last time supporting President Trump are going to take, uh, because. And then, of course, this is President Trump doesn't like that. <laughs> right. He calls it being disloyal to him. Uh, but as we said last week, I think I, I think that's a misuse, in my view, of the word loyal, disloyal. We have a lo- we have a uh, we have an obligation to be loyal to a to a cause. Christians to the cause of Jesus Christ first and foremost, right? Right. As American citizens, we have a we have politics. You're dealing with flawed people, all of us, and all of them, candidates included. And so uh, it's not it's not it's not black and white all the time, right? On what to do and which direction to go and who to support. So, but I just found it very interesting that uh, Franklin Graham, who has complimented Donald Trump. Uh, many times while he was president. Uh, but he said, I'm going to stay, quote, this, I'm quoting Franklin Graham, I'm going to stay out of it until after the primaries have finished. Uh, and he says, he just says, uh, I'm just not going to get involved in supporting this one over that one, talking about the primaries. Mm-hmm. Let's just let the people decide, and when the dust is settled, I'll make a decision at that point. Basically, that's the same uh, position that Dr. Robert Jeffers has pastor of the First Baptist Church, Dallas, who was an avid supporter of uh, of Donald Trump even during the primary season right. t- twenty in 2016. Uh, anyway, what do you think about that? I, I, I agree. I think that that's going to be the, the uh, approach taken by a lot of Christian, probably the vast majority of Christian leaders because, and, and I, I think that was actually with exceptions like, uh, Dr. Jeffress and our own Alex McFarland, I think most Christian leaders, I think, stayed out of the primaries in 2015 and 2016, leading up to the Republican convention. Most said, uh, "Well, I, you know, we'll just see how this thing plays out." Probably the vast majority of them supported Ted Cruz, yeah. if they said anything. And so, I, I, I expect that that is going to be the same way it unfolds before 2024. One thing for sure, whoever is at the top of the ticket for the Republicans will be far to the right of whoever is at the top of the ticket, the Democrats. Absolutely. I I think, you know, there was a time in this country when there were similarities between the parties, whether it was economic or whatever, but they are so far divided now, the two parties, Uh, you know, it may be Mike Pompeo at right. the top of the ticket. He's interested. It could be former Vice President Pence. It could be Ron DeSantis. It could be Trump. Uh, there are a few more right. uh, that would like to run. Nikki Haley's probably going to get in. 
Christy Nome governor. might. Christy Nome maybe. He might. Yep. So, but they're they're all far more conservative than anything that the Democrats will put forward. Yeah, but I'll tell you where it's going to get ugly. To borrow from JJ, it's going to get ugly. <laughs> you start challenging Trump for the vice for the uh, for the GOP nomination, he's going to absolutely uh, come after you. Yes, he's already said he he already said he'll handle he'll handle Governor DeSantis like he handles everybody else. That's what he said the other day mm-hmm. about uh, it, the, the, somebody asking what, and I think it was Brody, the uh, report, Brody, reporter CBN. for CBN. Mm-hmm. Do y'all know what I'm talking about? I know the interview. The interview. I have not he said he would handle DeSantis. I don't know what he meant, but it sounded like a mob boss. <laughs> uh, we'll handle him. Uh, just don't worry about it. It'd be a shame if something happened. I'm to not his suggesting dog. that President Trump would advocate violence. Right. Just, I'm kidding around, but it did sound. It did sound like uh, sounded mildly threatening. I, like I know how to deal with him. Uh, but it, 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 if if Nikki Haley announces, as Tim Scott announces, I, I'm I, I think there I think that all these people who want to run for president on the Republican side are looking around at each other, going, "Who's going to be the one to take the first shot? T- take uh, take to announce you're going to run, so that you be, you be the one that is first one that receives the wrath of Trump." Right? Don't you? Mm-hmm. No, I, I well I I think that pres- former it, President Trump announced fairly early. Now, this already had this past it's been year. a month ago or so, yeah. wasn't it? Most people do not announce that early, so they some may be doing what you're saying. Well, I'm not going to be first. Well, I think he did that to try to clear the field and right. to set set to, to say, "Look, I'm running, and nobody really needs to challenge me right. for this." Uh, but and nobody has formally announced that they will challenge him, right? Yet, uh, including Governor DeSantis of Florida, who's in a legislative session, and so yes. many people said uh, he wouldn't announce. Be De- DeSantis if he decides to run, he won't announce to the spring probably. Right when the Florida legislature has through uh, is through meeting. All right, we're going to be back with Steve Paisley Jordan, <laughs> Jordan, <Jordahl. laughs> or Michael Jordan. Maybe he'll be on with us. I don't know. Uh, we'll be back momentarily. Stay with us. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.